uh, welcome to General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of our living prophets, apostles, and chosen leaders. I've loved listening to podcasts about Come Follow Me, and I saw a need for a podcast centered around the General Conference talks. Um, I'm not a scholar, I'm not an expert, I'm a 20-something who just simply adores the gospel. The things I discuss are my opinions. Um, As one of my favorite podcasts, At Last She Said It, often says, your mileage may vary. In addition to my connections and thoughts, I will include a list of questions at the end of every episode as a place to start with your own deeper study of each talk. And I hope this podcast will be a jumping off point as you apply these principles to your life. In that spirit, I invite you to read and study today's talk before listening to this episode. Listen for what the Lord is saying to you personally. Then come join me for a beautiful discussion together. Welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations. Uh, our second episode, only two so far. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I I hope you liked uh, number one if you got to listen to it, and if not, go back and listen to it. Um, like I said in the intro, I encourage you to li- or listen to or read today's talk before you listen to the episode. Um, so you can kind of get your own stuff out of it, have your own questions, and I can just add to what are what you've already thought about and maybe um, spark some new questions that you might not have um, you might not have thought about. So today's um, talk is just the second one from the Saturday morning session. I'm just going to go in order. And it's Missionary Service Blessed My Life Forever by M. Russell Ballard. So uh, we can jump right in. So he talks a lot about, well, (laughs) it's pretty obvious from the title, uh, Missionary Service and how his mission blessed his life and, um, and everything like that. And so if you listened to the last episode, I'm going to repeat myself a little bit because President Nelson also talked a lot about missions in his first talk, his opening talk. And I have a lot of opinions about mission about missions. <laughs> so, but I'm going to kind of add on to it a little bit. Um and also if if you're not a missionary or you are you know, you're not of missionary age, or you don't have any kids that are of missionary age, or, or whatever, this, this talk is still for you. Um, I am a very strong believer that I remember a missionary, right? It's very cliche and very used a lot and said a lot, but I think it's very, very true. Um, and even as a missionary, when I was, when I was serving, members were so important to our success and to you know making the missionary me the missionary that I was Uh, members were a huge part of that um and so I'm going to talk about a little bit of that today so he kind of starts off just talking about his mission basically and um 
how much his mission meant to him, why he decided to go on a mission, that it was a lot of, you know, his friends who encouraged him and his family was also super supportive. Um, and so at the very end of, let's see, just a few, just a few paragraphs in, he says... I'm grateful for their enthusiastic support of the decision and for good who, friends who helped me ser- decide to serve. And I totally agree. <laughs> I had amazing friends um, who were so supportive and who thought, even if they didn't, even if they weren't members, they were like, cool, that's what you want to do. I don't really understand. Um, and they'd ask a lot of questions because they were like, wait, you're going to be gone for 18 months and that doesn't sound like a mission trip. And, you know, what are you actually going to be doing? And, you know, why don't you know where you're going? Why don't you get to choose? And even just that was a really good missionary opportunity. And it was a good missionary opportunity for my family to tell them about my mission and to be excited with them about my mission. And I'm so grateful for them, um, supporting me and all that jazz um so I'm gonna just recap my thoughts on missions from last from the last episode um and you can go back and listen to that one as well if you want to to know more but I I loved my mission I adored my mission I served for 18 months in Mesa, Arizona, and I had some of the best, most spiritual experiences I've ever had um, in in that town and on my mission, and I met my husband there. I met my best friends that I still keep in touch with, and, you know, I, I wouldn't change a thing because I know that everything happened for me and for a reason and to help me grow and learn and get closer to my heavenly father and Jesus Christ than um, I ever had been but but (laughs) missions I don't think missions are for everyone Um, which I know is a very controversial take to have in the church um in in a church that you know prides itself on missionary work and um which is it's just totally fair we have an amazing missionary program and we have amazing missionaries um but the thing that gets me <laughs> And what I talked about last time, and and uh, President Ballard talks about it a little bit as well, of this, um, you know, every young man should serve a mission. It's your priesthood duty. They're expected to. God expects you to. And I just, which is fine. And I've had a lot of conversations with, like, my husband and my mother-in-law and just, like, just people in the church. They're like, oh, well, well, then how else do you expect them to go on a mission? Like, what else motivates them? And I was like, um, the gospel? (laughs) Like, the Jesus? I just, I had so many 
I serve so many amazing elders on my mission who came because they wanted to, who came because they had faith and they had a testimony and they wanted to share it with the world. And that didn't mean they were perfect at it. They didn't, that didn't mean that they, you know, converted millions and thousands, but they went. And it wasn't because they felt like they had to. I mean, that might have been part of it. I don't know. But I loved asking missionaries their why. I loved asking them why they came and why they chose to stay. Because sometimes those are two completely different things. And it was so fascinating to hear like, oh, well, I went through this really really hard time when I was in high school. And and God really helped me. And so I, I, I just want everybody to feel that help and to feel that love and to be loved and it was like one in ten you know like a tenth of missionaries that I met and served with who were like oh yeah I came because I have to or I came because my parents said that I had to or that they wouldn't pay for college or they wouldn't you know let me live with them anymore or whatever and those, but those stories were so sad to me that they felt like they had to because they were going to get cut off, <laughs> like, or they felt like they had to because, you know, otherwise their parents would disown them or people would think that, you know, they're not a good member or they're, you know, not, they're unfaithful or they're sinners or whatever, whatever it was, right? And... I just feel like fear is not a good motivator. I mean, short term, sure, fear is a good motivator. You know, if a bear is charging at you, your fear is going to tell you to run. And that's fair. <clears throat> but a motivator in a gospel sense, fear just does not... Fear is what motivated me for a really long time and it didn't change me. It didn't make me want to stay. It made me want to do things so I wouldn't get in trouble. And that... <clears throat> I I just don't agree with that. That's just me personally. And I think love is much more of a motivator. I just, we had, um, how, where was I? Oh, I was at my brother's graduation a couple days ago. And the the speaker, he said this thing. I, I'm not going to say it correctly. I'm not going to, I can't remember who, who he quoted but he was like, if you want to build a ship, you don't hire people to go and build, you know, get the lumber. You don't hire people to um, <clears throat> be builders. You make them long for the sea. And I just thought, and he, that was what he was talking about. He was talking about your why. Because um, life is sucky to be honest and missions are hard but if you know your why you know I knew my why I knew that God loved me and if God loved me then he loved everybody and so I wanted people to know that and so even when people were rejecting us or when the pandemic hit or you know whatever it was I knew my why and I think that's with everything in the church and in the gospel, we have to know the why behind things. We are, we're humans. We like to know why we're doing things. You know, there's a reason when you're three years old, you go through your why stage. Well, but why? Well, you, well, you have to. Well, why? Because it's good for you. Well, why? You know, like, and there's, there's a reason for that. They want to know 
why you're doing it you know why do you dress modestly oh well because god said so like no why why are you dressing modestly why do you keep the law of chastity why do you keep the word of wisdom why do you keep any of the commandments why you know whatever and obviously there's a a ladder there's a a a path you know you start out doing it as a five-year-old because you have to right out of duty and then you're motivated by you know you see success and you see blessings and you're like oh cool i'm gonna get something out of it right and then you do it because you love you love god and you love your your neighbors and you love yourself and and so obviously i I get that but i think there are a lot more you know 18 19 20 year olds who don't need motivated by fear or by duty they need motivated by love and so that's just my kind of thoughts on missions um i know people disagree obviously and it's still you know a thing that it's a priesthood um expectation it's a priesthood magnification um which you know maybe that is your why that you want to magnify your priesthood and that's totally fine but um I think we just need to have more open and honest conversations about missions and what actually they entail, what actually you're going to discover and go through and have to deal with. And of course, every mission is different and every missionary is different, but like being super honest, because everything I heard when I was in the youth was like, oh, it was the hardest two years of my life, but it was the best two years of my life. It was the best thing I ever did. And it was like, I didn't, I didn't get the, you know, what was hard about it. I got, oh, it was great because the gospel and the spirit and I got to teach people and like yada, 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 which all true. I, I totally agree with all of that. But, you know, we don't talk about, <laughs> I was crying on the kitchen floor because I wanted to go home. Or I really am not getting along with my companion and I don't think I can tell anybody because everybody loves her and so I'm not going to complain. And there's nothing really to complain about because it's really just that we clash, you know, personality-wise. So we're not going to get transferred or anything. Like, I'm not in danger or anything. And, like, there's just those little things that I, I wasn't prepared for when I went on my mission. So... Um, kind of going along with that, he says a couple of paragraphs later, he says of all the training, he's quoting himself from general conference, um, like 20, 30 years ago, he says of all the training I received in my church assignments, none has been more important to me than the training I received as a 19 year old elder soul serving a full-time mission. And I, I agree with that. <laughs> to a point um and but that's not the case for everyone you know i i've had more uh, other experiences in the church even since getting home from my mission that have been more training and better training and you know whatever it is but I, um, 
I remember my mission president talking about this all the time, and I adored my mission president and his wife, and he always talked about writing down, he wanted us to write down, every week he wanted us to send him a spiritual experience we had had during the week, because we emailed him every week, right? He's like, I want you to write that down, and then I want you to copy and paste that into your gospel library notes, so that you'll have it when you're done, when you're, when you're not a missionary anymore, you can still go back and look at your mission spiritual experiences, and he's like, because I want you to build on this, he's like, I don't want these to be the only spiritual experiences you have for the rest of your life, because if these are the only things you have for the rest of your life, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not working, right, that's not, that's not how it's supposed to be, this, this, you build on this, And you can look back on these and remember where you saw God's hand in your life. Um, But this shouldn't be the only time you see God's hand in your life. And I remember a lot of elders and sisters, you know, going home, giving their farewell testimonies. And they would say, you know, this wasn't the best two years of my life. It's best two years for my life. And I really adored that as well because you know, it it is, it was some of the best 18 months, I had some of my best memories around my mission, and it set me up with really good habits, I don't read my scriptures every day, but I know how to study, and so when I get into a study mode, I can study for two, three, four hours, and so even though I don't, you know, do it, every single day like I did on my mission I mean I'm not having an hour study every day I know how to study and I learned how to study on my mission and I learned how the spirit speaks to me um but that is not the case for him sometimes some people have really sucky missions and they leave they leave early or they leave not having gotten anything because they had really hard companions or they had really hard areas or it just wasn't for them so again I think we just need to be careful and we need to be honest about what missionary work is really like um and I guess I've already talked about this a little bit but I I really love this paragraph it's right after the one I just read he says the Lord knows you when you are serving your mission you will have experiences that will help you come to know him better you'll grow spiritually in serving him in his name you'll be sent on errands to serve others he will give you experiences with promptings from the Holy Ghost the Lord will authorize you to teach in his name. You can show him that he can trust you and rely on you. And like I just kind of talked about all the blessings that came from my mission. You know, I knew that the Lord knew me, but I got to know him. I got to know Jesus Christ. And I got to know my Heavenly Father in ways that I never thought I would. And and I love that he talks about that it's for you. And as missionaries, I feel like we're oh, it's always, oh, it's, it's serve everybody. Serve everybody else. Missions aren't for you. It's for people you serve. But it is for you. <laughs> like, it really is. It really is for you to see God's hand in other people's lives. And for you to come closer to God through other people, through scriptures, through your own personal revelation. On and on and on and on. Right? And... I just, I love that. And so 
I know I talk about missions, so like, oh, well, no, it's not for everybody. I think it is. Like, I, I, everybody can get something out of going on a mission. I just think you should have the right attitude going into a mission. And you shouldn't feel forced to go on the mission. Um, and then, so, and also, this is kind of just an aside. <laughs> He talks about his mission presidents and their companions. And I really, really love that he talked about his mission presidents companions. Um because I I adored my mission president and I adored his wife. Um they were amazing and I really enjoyed spending time with Sister Andrews as well. And she was our mission mom, and she was so cute and so sweet and so just, she loved the gospel, and you could tell that she loved us. And they changed the missionary handbook when I was in the mission. I had the old white handbook for, I think it was like five or six months maybe, and then they would put out a new little blue handbook, which you can read on Gospel Library if you want to. Um, I really enjoy it, and it, it kind of went from the White Handbook had a lot of rules and a lot of set things, which were still kind of in play, but <clears throat> the new handbook was very much principle-based of, you know, you are here to do the Lord's work. What do you want to do to show the Lord that you're doing his work? You know, how would you live your life to show the Lord that you're doing his work? And one of the things they changed in there was in the old one, they would refer to your mission president and his companion, or and his wife. And, which was fine, but it was, um, one, it was a mouthful. (laughs) And, you know, my mission president's wife didn't really have a title. You know, she wasn't also President Andrews, or, you know, what was her calling? Her calling was mission president's wife which, cool, they're both called, but, like, uh, it just felt kind of weird. In the new one, they referred to them as your mission leaders. And she was in, She was also involved in that, and it was very clear. And I had a lot of, we had a few general authorities come and be like, they are both called to you, and you are called to them, and you guys are called to this area right now. And I really adored that, that they were like, no, both of them have been called and set apart. You know, President Andrews is your ecclesiastical leader, but Sister Andrews is also, you know, is his companion, is also one of your mission leaders, and you can go to her for help. And so I really loved that he, you know, gave a shout out to his, to their companions, um, because I, I don't know where I would be without, (laughs) without my mission person's companion. She was amazing. Um, and then, so he talks about, which is crazy, he says, he says it's al- it has been almost 10 years since President Thomas S. Monson announced the lowering missionary age for young men and young women, and I, he said that, and I was like, it has been what now? <laughs> it has been almost 10 years? Are you kidding me? Because I remember when that happened, and I remember being super excited that it went from 20 to 19, because it made it a lot easier for me to figure out when I wanted to go. Because I also wanted to go to college. 
and I was like, oh, I don't want to, you know, go to college for three years, and then, like, leave, and then come back and finish, like, it just felt really awkward to me, and, like, stressed me out a lot, and so, going 19, I still went to college for two years, I finished an associate's, but it wasn't, you know, a heck ton longer that I had to wait to go, um, and so, but yeah, I remember that happening. I remember when he announced that, and I remember it being a really big deal. You know, our missionary, our missionary account like doubled, because all of a sudden people could go earlier and girls could go earlier, and it just made more sense to, you know, go only a year after you got home from your mission or got done with high school rather than you know three years. And he says that he says, in my view, a primary reason for this change was to give more of our youth the life-changing opportunity to serve a mission. And I totally agree. Like, it, it, I think the missionary service almost doubled, but it hasn't gone down much farther than that. Like, I think it was up to like 80,000 missionaries out at one point. And then it's only gone down, I think it's been like 69,000 for pretty consistently for a few years now. And which is, you know, up 20,000 from what it was before they, they changed. So it's like, it's a huge change and I'm super grateful for it. But also, I think, as well, like, just because you are eligible to go at 18 or 19, doesn't mean you have to go at 18 or 19. Like, it gives people the option to go earlier, you know, right when they graduate high school for boys, or, you know, right after their first year of college for girls. But you don't have to go right then. Um, I don't know the cutoff ages off the top of my head, but you have a few years, (laughs) right, to go to school or to work or to whatever like I said I finished my associate's degree um and then it took a few months to get all of my papers in after that but I went at the exact time that I was supposed to and I was actually almost 21 by the time I left so like I would have gone around the same time before the change (laughs) but um but I remember one of my bishops I served in YSA for a while and he said that he's like just because you're eligible doesn't mean you have to and just because you're eligible doesn't mean you should either so um but I also have a very strong testimony of of President Monson being able to um to change that and to change the, the age and to change our missionary force so so much um the next two quotes, I, these are what I was kind of talking about. Like, this is what is for everyone, right? These are two upstock invitations for everyone. Um, so I invite you, and he's talking about to the youth, but this also is for everybody. I invite you to gain a solid testimony of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ. We can all do that, right? We can all gain a testimony, a solid testimony of the rest of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then he also says, continue to strengthen your testimony, work hard, pray, and be obedient to the Lord. Honor the covenants you have made, continue to bless and serve others. And that's also something we can all do, right? Um, That's important. And I love, you know, strengthening your testimony, working hard, praying, be obedient, honor your covenants, and bless and serve others. 
those are things that we should all be doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that's kind of all I have for this this talk. Um, I do have a couple of things I want to say at the very end here. He's, I want to say, for those deciding to serve a mission, if you are a missionary age, um, I encourage you to talk to your parents or another trusted adult or friend about serving a mission, about what you're scared of, what might be keeping you, if it's money or, you know, etc. right? And, you know, be really honest with them and say, you know, I don't want to go yet or I don't want to go at all. And really talk about why and, you know, if they can reassure you or support you in any way. Um, And parents of, you know, missionary age children, I encourage you to also be really honest with your kids about what missionary work is really like. um, And what their fears are and what they might be scared about or worried about. Um... And everybody, <laughs> consider all the words President Ballard said in this talk and bring your questions to the Lord. Um, whether you're serving a mission or you're, you're, trying, you're getting ready to serve a mission or deciding to go on a mission or you just got home from a mission and you're trying to figure out because getting home is really crazy and weird and different um, to look back on your mission and to see, you know, what questions you have and what what hard things you haven't processed yet. Um, and everybody, also, this talk is also for you. Missionary work is not only for set-apart missionaries. Um, missionary work is essential. And missionary work isn't always, you know, going over somebody and handing them the Book of Mormon. It's also loving people the way Christ would. And bearing your testimony might not be talking about the gospel at all it might be listening or you know helping someone learn a new skill or just being there for someone just being someone's friend that is being christ-like and that's bearing your testimony in your sleeve even though you're not talking about god or the book of mormon you know you are bearing your testimony and people will see that and feel it um and then some questions for people. This <laughs> is how, um, as, as member missionaries, how can you support the members, or sorry, how can you support the missionaries serving in your ward or branch? How can you support missionaries you know in the mission field? How can you spread the gospel in normal and natural ways? And I highly encourage you to read um, Elder Uchtdorf's talk from April of 2019. Um, I think it's just called normal, like sharing the gospel, sharing what's in your heart, I believe is what it's called. I didn't actually write down the title, but it's April 2019. And he talks about all the ways you can share in in normal and natural ways. Um, and that he gave that when I was in the MTC and I was like, yes, (laughs) yes. And so, um, I, but yeah, I highly encourage you to Figure out how you can support the missionaries around you. Whether that's, you know, finding them people to teach or, you know, having them over for dinner and asking them how they're really doing or stopping by with cookies or texting them and asking if there's anything that they need. Um, 
and just being there for them because it's really it's really stressful as an 18 19 20 year old to be you know sharing the gospel and it's it's rough sometimes um yeah, and then also consider President Ballard's um, apostolic invitations, which are, the one was to gain a solid testimony of the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, and then strengthen your testimony, work hard, pray, and be obedient to the Lord, honor the covenants you made, and bless and serve others. Um, and how can you do that? Because all of those things will, you'll be doing missionary work, um, and helping to bring people closer to Christ in very small and simple ways. And of course, always make up your own questions. Um, if there's anything that has sparked interest for you, or you know something the spirit has whispered to you today, or whispered to you while you were reading it on your own, I encourage you to study that out and really listen to the spirit and listen to what God's trying to tell you. Um, because he's trying to tell you something and he he longs to talk to you and love you so um that's all i have for you today i will see you next time thank you so much for listening to this episode of general conference conversations be sure to follow and share us on um any social media And if you like the show, feel free to leave us a review or tell your friends. Until next time.